the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch. Today's edition, we're going to be talking about sex, lies, and video games. And with me today is one of my um, perennial favorites. My guest is Jack Thompson. He is a Miami attorney who has taken on the world in regard to video game violence and sex, which uh, anybody who's been listening to this show for a while knows is one of my um, pet topics. Um, media violence in general, and um, there's always something new to talk about in this regard because, uh, with Jack, because video game companies keep pushing the envelope despite the research that shows that uh, video game violence and sex is very influential on the people who play it, play the games, and we're going to be going into that in more detail. Um, they just think about money and not about the impact that this is having on your life and mine. Even if you don't play video games, it's having an impact on your life because there are people out there, more and more of them, who are playing more and more hours of video games that are getting more and more violent and sexual. So, today, um, Jack will uh, regale us with his activities in regard to um, what he is currently doing a lawsuit actually that is hot off the presses, isn't even filed yet, going to be filed next week, that he will be telling us about that should um, hopefully set the industry on its ear. Jack, welcome to the show. Hey, Carol. Great to be with you, and thanks for those kind words. Um, let me just say uh, prefatorily here that uh, the current issue of Reader's Digest, if I may, the August issue, Tom Hanks is on the cover as an original um, featured article that Reader's Digest itself has written about um, a lawsuit that we have filed in Alabama on behalf of victims of a teenager who shot and killed three men and who unwittingly trained on Grand Theft Auto Vice City to kill them. So um, it's gratifying to know that not only is 60 Minutes uh, featured uh, what I'm involved in uh, in a lead story about three weeks ago, but also now the most widely subscribed to magazine in the world, Reader's Digest has an article. So I mention all this not for self-promotion, but frankly because I care about the issue as you do, and I'm gratified that the mainstream now is reporting in increasing uh, volume the fact that we have a problem here. Well, why don't we, since you brought that up, before we talk about the current situation, why don't you tell us a little bit about that case in Alabama? Well, I, I, I want to actually not do that other than to just mention the Reader's Digest because the court um, has asked, they haven't ordered, but they've asked that we not in any way mess with the uh, jury pool that's being, from which a jury is this moment being picked in Alabama. Um, it's a small town, and uh, 
there's been a huge amount of news coverage. I think, frankly, the genie is already out of the bottle. But the judges said, gee, if you could talk as little as possible in specifics about that case before we impanel a jury, I'd appreciate it. Um, if people want to read Reader's Digest or, <laughs> or, or, or look up, uh, for example, the CBS uh, 60 Minutes, you can go to cbsnews.com uh-huh. and actually look at the article uh, uh, or the transcri- transcript of, of our appearance, and they can do that. But to, to honor the judge's sure. re- uh, request, not an order, I- I'll probably let it go at that. But okay. uh, suffice it to say, let me say generally, that over the last several years, and of course the watershed moment in all of this was Columbine, uh, there's been an increasing awareness among law enforcement people, among healthcare providers, among the education community, that we've got teenagers that are literally replicating video games. And the, and the reason, which is where the, the, the real fascinating science comes in, is to be found in brain scan studies that are being done at Harvard University. A recent brain scan study was reported in the Journal of Computer-Assisted Tomography, a peer-reviewed article um, at Indiana University, which explains that teenagers... Carol literally process this type of entertainment, violent entertainment, in a different part of the brain than adults do. It's in the midbrain, in the amygdala, also in a part of the brain called the posterior cingulate, which is in the right lower hemisphere of the right side of the brain. And this is where post-traumatic stress disorder comes from. The bottom line in lay terms is this, coming out of Harvard and Indiana University. It is that uh, brains don't stop growing literally until you're about 25 years of age. And in an adolescent and in a teen, this type of violent imagery never gets to the frontal lobes. It stays in the midbrain. The frontal lobes are, in effect, the red light of the brain that say, well, if we do such and such, then there will be untoward consequences, and therefore I won't hit this person or I won't shoot this person and so forth. But the amygdala which is in the midbrain, particularly the right side of the amygdala in the right hemisphere, where the hot emotions come from, that's where the games are processed. And so that if you feel in real reality the emotions that you experience in virtual reality while playing these games, then those emotions will call up those images, which suggest certain behaviors, and therefore there is a greater likelihood, Harvard has concluded, that a child who spends hundreds of hours Consuming this type material is actually going to act out, copycat, or replicate those behaviors because he has rehearsed them and practiced them unwittingly during the play of these games, and therefore he's going to copycat them. It's a frightening analysis, and what it means is we've got a bunch of Manchurian children out there who are literally programmed to respond violently to certain emotional stimuli. Yes. Um, you mentioned something about that, about PTSD con- being connected with this? That's right. A, a brilliant guy by the name of Dr. John Murray, who is a psychologist and an expert in brain mapping. Uh, he's on loan to Harvard right now from, the, from Kansas State. I've spoken with him uh, uh, many times. Um, and he's explained that the brain is unable to differentiate now between virtual reality and real reality because the images in the video games are so realistic that the brain thinks they're real. And therefore, uh, when they do the brain scans, the MRIs, uh, that part of the brain, the posterior cingulate where post-traumatic stress disorder emanates from, lights up like a Christmas tree 
uh, be, and that tells us and tells him, and he's uh, working on a, a scholarly article on this right now that's about to be published, it, it shows that the game, uh, uh, that the brains of kids can literally uh, suffer post-traumatic stress disorder by an over-immersion in violent entertainment because mm. the brain thinks that when you're being subjected to hostile fire or you're uh, killing and so forth, that it's that you're literally doing that. So mm. the, the, the brain uh, is being tricked. And, of course, this is why, and this to me, this is one of the more powerful arguments as to, that the, to which the video game industry has no response. The military is literally using virtual reality uh, simulators, in other words, video games, to do primarily one thing. That is break down the inhibition of new recruits to kill. If mom and dad turn over Johnny to the to the army, and he's not a sociopath, then he's he's not prepared to kill. There's a psychological cost to, to killing, and all of acculturation, all of uh, child rearing, ought to be geared at least to the to the notion that you don't harm another human being. So right. the army get somebody whose job it is to break things and kill people, then they have to break down that inhibition and basically desensitize the kid to killing. And, and they have found the most effective way to do that is to get uh, new recruits to play killing simulators, combat-related games, to break down that inhibition so that when they get in a combat setting, they will feel that they're in a video game and that when they pull the trigger, there's no consequence mm-hmm. to killing, that, that bloodshed is, is a way you, quote, win the game. And and therefore, the military, which is now actually contracting with the game industry to create these simulators, and then the DOD is turning around and letting these same game companies market these same simulators to kids as combat games, which is a, a, a whole scandal we could spend an hour talking about, then the industry really has no argument to the notion that if it does that with, with teenage Army recruits, why in the world would it not have that de- same desensitizing mm-hmm. effect on civilian teens? And, of course, it does. Right, and um, there, was, there was a connection though that that between how is it that the DOD, the Department of Defense, um, what control would they have over the video game makers? I well, here's a part of the story that you left out. Yeah, good question. Uh, here's here's how they do it. Uh, DOD is set up at Southern Cal, right near you there, University of Southern California, a thing called the Institute for Creative Technologies. Uh, you can go on the uh, Internet and actually see the building and see what they're doing there. What the DOD does is take our tax dollars. They pay video game commercial programmers to create these commando games. And then uh, the DOD, in effect, cuts a sweetheart deal uh, for the uh, itself, it, it thinks, by paying less for the game than it would otherwise have to pay by virtue of the fact that it says, okay, now that we've, in effect, subsidized the creation of the game for us, you can turn around and sell the game to recoup some of your costs uh, by selling it as a commercial game and making money on it. In other words, the Army pays less for the programming mm-hmm. than they would if the, if the industry weren't able to turn around and sell it uh, on a for-profit basis, and the worst example of this is the game uh, Full Spectrum Command, which is the military's version of Pandemic Studios, don't you love this name, uh, did that for our Army. Then they turn around and market it, that simulator as Full Spectrum Warrior, not lawyer, but warrior, and it's one of the most... Full, uh, full Spectrum what? Uh, full Spectrum Warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R. It's one of the most... Warrior, okay. One of the most commercially successful 
commando games, and and uh, uh, they're selling it to teenagers around the globe. Yes, that that part, and then <laughs> and then they wonder why we have people um, dropping bombs um, or running into the World Trade Center. There you go. Yeah, well, uh, terrorists have their own video games that they're using to get people to kill us. Yeah, so we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host. Today we're talking about sex, lies, and video games with my guest, Jack Thompson. So stay, stay tuned. As you can tell, there's a lot more to the video game industry than meets the eye. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach Robin Dane and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race stars. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet talk radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about sex, lies, and video games with my one of my perennial favorites, Jack Thompson, 
an attorney in Miami who has taken on the video game industry pretty much single-handedly. <laughs> and um, before the break, we were talking about uh, uh, the <laughs> well-kept secret, actually, because, you know, you're the only person that, um, I mean, other than, you know, there have been little, I think I've read it maybe once or twice in a little sentence hidden in the body of, of some major uh, other story that didn't relate to it. But this is a very good secret that the Department of Defense has um, in regard to what you were talking about, how they are uh, they are cutting this deal to um, uh, be able to buy their games, games to train soldiers on, um, by allowing <laughs> these games to then be sold to regular citizens. Yeah, and, and there's... There's and creating a, havoc in, in our cities, not just on the uh, sites of war. Well, yeah, two years ago on um, on ABC World News Tonight, um, uh, I was interviewed about this, and, and they ran it on that evening newscast. And uh, one of the lines they broadcast that I said was, you know, uh, Secretary Rumsfeld is supposed to be catching terrorists rather than training them. <laughs> and, and in, in reality, um, uh, the, the, the latter is occurring. Um, Lee Boyd Malvo, the uh, Beltway sniper, was trained on a video game uh, by Muhammad, and he knew to do that because of the fact that at the military base at which Muhammad was located and stationed, uh, they were using the same game, mm. Halo, to break down the inhibitions of snipers uh, to kill ass snipers. Uh, Charles A. McCoy, Jr., the Columbus, Ohio serial highway shooter, uh, recently had a hung jury, and there's some about that case I'm not at liberty to talk about, but in fact, McCoy trained on video games, uh, including Grand Theft Auto Vice City, uh, to do what he did. And there literally have been dozens and dozens of these incidents, some of them kids who have, who have been so enamored of military commando games that they have tried to take over their schools, middle schools even, uh, Columbine style. So we've got a bunch of uh, Klebold and Harris wannabes who are spending hundreds and hundreds of hours training on these video games to get uh, taking over scenarios uh, to make it appear to be cool to do this. Uh, and and this is an epidemic. In fact, uh, I'll mention one incident. These, you know, these school and other killing incidents are almost like the battles of, of the Civil War where you know them by the towns, mm. Antietam, Bull Run, Manassas, and so mm. forth. I will say the, the two words, Red Lake. Red Lake, mm-hmm. Minnesota, April of this year, Jeffrey Weiss uh, killed 10, the worst massacre since Columbine. I spoke with the principal and also with the FBI special agent in charge, and they, they told me that Jeffrey Weiss was clearly, quote, trained to kill because they saw the video game or the uh, videotape surveillance cameras showing how he stalked in a very purposeful way uh, his prey shot them in the head, which the video games give you extra points for. And the, and the principal said the agents turned to him and said, you know, this kid's heart rate is not above 60. I can tell by how he's moving. He was clearly trained, probably on a video game, to do what he's doing. And sure enough, it, it developed in the days after Red Lake that Weiss had uploaded to the Internet his own flash film version of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And, and it came out that he was, according to his classmates, just fully enamored of that particular game. So what we have, he ladies and gentlemen, his... are, are murder simulators. That's exactly what they are, and they're like a virtual virus that is spilled into the teen population, and kids mm-hmm. are getting filled up with this. Mm-hmm. But what do you mean he uploaded his own 
version. There's a, uh, a thing called a flash film that you at your PC can uh, do. It's, it's a crude, in effect, cartoon or, or moving film, a moving cartoon, uh, an animation of something that you can uh, uplink to the Internet and then people who are on the World Wide Web can see. And what, what Weiss had done as sort of a, uh, a sort of a pre-massacre suicide note was upload to hmm. the Internet a flash film of Grand Theft Auto Vice City that showed uh, what he was going to do, even down to shooting, shooting police officers uh, and, and shooting people in the head. And sure enough, uh, the first person he shot when he came into the school was a police officer standing guard outside the school. So um, there, there were about eight separate bits of evidence that showed that Weiss, in effect, trained on, on the video game to do what he did. Hmm. So he was taking parts of, of um, Grant's... He, parts of the video, or he actually created his own. I mean, created, he was taking parts that showed what he was going to copy, or he took parts of the game that he was able to animate in a very crude way mm-hmm. with a program, and then uplink his version of the sort of mini Grand Theft Auto Vice City game onto the internet. And of course, did people did people find out? About this before he did it, did anyone know about it before? They they did not. They there was some discussion. Uh, he also used the movie uh, Elephant, uh, which uh, won the best film at Cannes a few years ago, which is a very, in many ways, disturbing glamorization of Columbine. Hmm. And he would uh, he would play these killing games with his friends, but he would also use the movie Elephant. To, he, to, in effect, recruit people to be his uh, conspirators, co-conspirators, in the school massacre. And, in fact, the son of the tribal chief up there, I forget his name, has been indicted as one of the recruits that we got involved in this through the video games and through the movie Elephant. Wow. Uh, but one of the problems is that the Minneapolis Star Tribune, which is the most dominant media presence in that part of the world, uh, has a very particular agenda on this issue and will not report uh, the role of a number of uh, incidents in that area that link to video games. Mm-hmm. For example, the Rakori High shooting by Jason McLaughlin, which your audience probably never heard of. Uh, he was an obsessive player of Grand Theft Auto Vice City, uh, and that was right in Minneapolis's backyard. But Maybe maybe we want to. Do you want to talk about um, Hillary Clinton and what's? Well, in- sure. But I I just sure. wanted you to finish um, what you we started off before yeah. the break. You were starting to say about uh, not only is our military t- teaching people to kill on video games, um, but that also the terrorists were using video games. Yeah, in two regards that I think are are interesting. Number one, uh, I have an ex a friend who's an expert in uh, cyber. A detection of terrorists and terrorism, and he's found that uh, uh, the insurgents in Iraq are literally using the aforementioned full-spectrum warrior, which our military created, as in effect a training device to educate their insurgent troops on how, what our military moves uh, would be and how to combat then uh, the door-to-door uh, uh, military efforts of our soldiers in Fallujah and elsewhere. So here we have the DOD putting <laughs> putting in on uh, into the stream of commerce a military trainer that the other side is using to educate them as to how to counteract our military moves. Talk about the rule of unintended consequences. 
And, wow. and, and the foolishness of putting classified information, in effect, into a video game, that's number one. Number two, uh, there have been a number of news reports that um, I think it's uh, Hezbollah or Hamas and so forth have contracted for their own video games that glamorize the killing of Israelis and they're having their teenagers play these video games to get them into a mindset to go out and be suicide bombers and to kill Israelis uh, and other perceived enemies of, of uh, uh, radical Islam. Uh, so the, the the folks in the Middle East uh, are playing our games and playing their own games to desensitize their young people to the act of killing. Hmm. You know, just in an overarching sense, video games are a relatively new creation. Um, we really didn't have the first-person shooter kind of game like Doom, which created the genre, and now Grand Theft Auto Vice City and San Andreas and so forth, until about the mid-1990s. So we have a generation of kids that have now reached their um, uh, early 20s and mid-20s that have been fed a, uh, a steady diet of this stuff, and we're starting to see behavioral consequences mm-hmm. emanating from it. I was on the phone this afternoon with a group in Washington, D.C., uh, that are very concerned about gang violence in our nation's capital, and they're t- they're telling me that, uh, and they had seen the 60 Minutes piece, and they they got it, wanted to get in touch with me. They're finding that these kids that are in juvenile detention facilities, almost to a person, are playing have played obsessively Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which is a simulator for carjacking in which you also beat up women, you have sex with prostitutes, and kill them after you have the sexual intercourse to get your money back and win the game faster. Uh, this is what kids in D.C. and elsewhere are consuming, and, of course, it's having behavioral consequences. I've sat in jail cells with kids that are in jail for the rest of their lives that I have no doubt in my mind would not be there yes. but for the play of these violent games that are basically uh, simulators that break down any remaining inhibitions to kill. Yes. Well, you know... Um in re- in regard to uh the middle east use of video games right. um not only is uh, as you know we we both agree that um and and as does the research that um violent movies and television shows and all kinds of other media um also cause people although perhaps not quite as effectively because of the video game um needing someone to physically participate in it but I had it wasn't long ago that I had a conversation with Jack Valenti and right. asked him about oh, and here we go and asked him about um, the uh, impact of violent media on terrorists and he his remark was oh no they can't get our movies over there oh yeah <laughs> right uh, that's funny. the uh, it's funny they have ads now before every movie about the piracy of Hollywood's movies yes. so he knows that they've got them over there absolutely absolutely well we need to take a break when we come back yes let's um, let's talk about your current uh, lawsuit and the current problem with uh, more sex in uh, in video games not at the bar being raised in violence and in sex. the world together you're listening to america's voice VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on VoiceAmerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Business, sport, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about sex, lies, and video games with my guest, Jack Thompson, a Miami attorney who is in the process of uh, filing a lawsuit. It's hot off the presses, about to be filed, and uh, regarding uh, a video game in Florida. And why don't I let you take it from there? Well, sure. I, um, maybe the best place to start is uh, to point out I'm a lifelong Republican. Um, uh, in fact, uh, have been since my pre-teen years, I'm, I'm a political junkie, and uh, yet it's it's Democrats uh, that I primarily work with around the country uh, on this issue of video game violence and, and uh, uh, the violence that it's spawning. Uh, Joe Lieberman has sent me a nice letter thanking me. 
uh, and maybe the high water mark of my nonpartisan or bipartisan effort on this was last week when Senator Clinton's office called me and asked me to help prepare her through her staff for the news conference that she had on Friday. And I was happy to do that because I must say, although I disagree with the senator, I know on certain issues, my assessment is that she's she's genuinely and has been steadfastly consistent since, uh, at least since Columbine and maybe before, on the issue of whether or not pop culture, popular entertainment, particularly explicit sexual material and violent material, is having a behavioral impact on kids. And and she has been uh, very outspoken on that, and, and I think her high watermark on that did come on Friday when she held a news conference in D.C. and pointed out uh, her concerns about the current scandal. For those who have a life and aren't aware of this particular scandal, it's called the hot coffee mod scandal. Basically, what has come to light is that the most popular violent or the, the most popular video game in the world in 2004, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which is uh, the most violent and most uh, disturbing version of the Grand Theft Auto games, uh, contains, we find, sexual material that even the ESRB, the, the ratings board, didn't know was on there. And in effect, you have uh, interactive depictions of uh, group sex, uh, rough sex, sadomasochism, and so forth, that uh, the ESRB says it wasn't told by the manufacturer, Take-Two, whose subsidiary is Rockstar, that it was on the game. And, and the way it's been unlocked out of being embedded and now available to kids around the globe is you simply put in a cheat code, unlock the embedded material, and there it is. Uh, the, the company, Take-Two, has, I think, clearly lied about whether or not it put it there or the mod community, as it's called, the computer hackers that put it there. Take-Two has said, well, you know, we didn't, uh, it's not in the game, but in wait, fact it is. Well, wait, let's just back up. Yeah. For those of us who aren't as conversant in all of yeah. this. Sure. Um, first of all, so Grand Theft Auto uh, San Andreas came out when exactly? October 2004. So it's been out there for quite a while, and... How did it um, suddenly? How did someone suddenly discover that there are these um, sex scenes embedded in it? On June sixth, uh, uh, Take Two released for. Which is? Oh, Take Two is a uh, sorry is a video game company in Manhattan, in New York, and uh, their primary label is Rockstar. And these guys have for years been known to be the bad boys of the video game industry. They make the most violent, most sexually explicit uh, material uh, and have sold roughly 60 million units of the Grand Theft Auto games at $50 a pop. They're so successful, they're traded on NASDAQ. Uh, and they've always... How many units? 60 million. Now, is that of... Um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, or all the two, the both San all, all Grand. the Grand Theft Auto games, Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Two, Three, Vice City, and San Andreas. Hmm. Uh, but clearly, the most successful video game franchise title in the world in uh -huh. history. Um, they have more money than God uh, by virtue of of this. Uh, and what they have done historically is design the Grand Theft Auto games for the Sony. PlayStation platform 
And then after several months of success with Sony, they have then released the game for Xbox. What happened was they released the Sony game uh, in October of 2004. Then in June of this year, they released the San Andreas game for both uh, Xbox, which is the Microsoft gaming platform, and PCs or personal computers so that you can actually play the game on your home computer. What happened is just a day or two after the PC game came out, a, uh, a, a computer game expert in the Netherlands uh, found that with some keystrokes he could drop what's called a sensor flag or a co- uh, use some software code to unlock parts of the game that were on the computer disk and yet were not readily playable on the PC game. And when he did that, he found all of these uh, this sexual material that Take-Two had left on the disc. Now, Take-Two has a very bad reputation of doing this so that kids will get parts of the game that the industry raiders aren't aware of but that mm. they enjoy playing. So they have a track record of being devious in this fashion, and uh, that's what he found. And then people have now, in the last week or so, gone back to the PS2 game and have found... Uh, that on the millions and millions the of P, the P, what, PS2, what I'm sorry, the PlayStation 2 game, okay. the Sony game, yeah. they have found that the same sexual content is embedded in that game. So now, even though the industry has reason to know that this stuff is out there, the major retailers have not pulled it off the shelf. Best Buy, uh, Target, Walmart, GameStop, Circuit City, and so forth, and they are con- they are now selling to children. Uh, this uh, even more sexually explicit material than than was widely known uh, to people basically of any age. It's in my opinion, it's criminal activity. Uh, Senator Clinton Friday, much to her credit, said, "You know, two things: we need the Federal Trade Commission to study who put this stuff on there. Everybody knows Take Two put it on, but to to nail that down for sure, but also to take a look at whether or not the rating system." of the video game industry is broken and whether or not it's really protecting kids from this type of material. And the senator's conclusion with which I concur is that it is not, and it is not protecting kids from this material for a number of reasons. First of all, the ratings on these games are um, are not accurate. Uh, you've got M-rated games that really ought to be what are called AO or adults-only games. There's no question Grand Theft Auto San Andreas even without the embedded sexual material, ought to be an adult's game. Most juries anywhere would say a game in which you can have simulated sex with a a prostitute and then kill her to get your money back is not appropriate material uh, for for teenagers. And, in fact, it is not. And so you've got the ESRB, the rating board. It's literally a captured entity by the industry. The the companies whose games are being rated... uh, um, uh, they pay the ESRB to exist, funded completely, and therefore you have the fox guarding the henhouse. You've got Microsoft, Sony, Take-Two, and so forth, who are members of the of the ESA, which is the parent entity of ESRB, and they're paying for the rating that they want. And, it's absurd. Um, yes, and I would like to point out that it's a similar situation on television and um, in the movies, um, the fox guarding the henhouse, because... Exactly. 
after working for years to get the television industry to adopt ratings. Um, they finally did, but then it, they weren't ratings decided upon by psychiatrists or violence researchers, but they were decided upon by producers and other people in the industry, policing themselves, and we we see the results of that. So well, it's, it, that's right. And whereas in the UK, for example, when it comes to video games, the government actually rates the games. There's some accountability through the, the mechanisms of democracy or representative government so that you have a governmental function there that I think is a legitimate one. Uh, and if they rate a game to be inappropriate for minors, then it, it is literally a crime to sell a game to a minor. In this country, not only are the ratings, uh, uh, not only are the products underrated, and that is in, in the sense that they should be get more restrictive ratings, but there is no uh, sanction anywhere in the United States if you sell an M-rated game to a 10-year-old, except in one state, and that happened today in Illinois. Governor Blagojevich signed into law the first law uh, or the only law. I've testified on behalf of other bills in other states that were passed, and then uh, uh, they were struck down because, frankly, they were flawed bills. But this is a good one out of Illinois, and and so finally, in Illinois, the only state in the union, you can now not sell a incredibly violent and sexually uh, charged game to a minor, uh, and that's a good thing. And so, um, wait, uh, I'm confused. How is that? But but obviously, in Florida, I mean, how is that different from? Well, here's 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 as a matter of law. Illinois is the only state in the union that specifically identifies video games by name as being inappropriate and unacceptable fare if it contains this type of violence that you find in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and sexual content to a minor. In Florida, we're we're proceeding on the theory in a lawsuit that we can talk about that that arises out of this uh, hot coffee mod scandal that laws passed in 1978 that prohibit the distribution of sexual material to minors by inference apply to video games, and we have to do it by inference because in 1978 there was no such thing as a video game. Yes, okay, got it. All right, when, when we come back, you can tell us more about, about that. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today is Jack Thompson. He is waging war against video game sellers and, um, well, distributors and, I guess, manufacturers, and um, we're talking about sex, lies, and video games, so stay tuned for the rest of the story. Bringing the world together, you're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Garay, president of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race star. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today my guest is Jack Thompson. We're talking about sex, lies, and video games and about his lawsuit that he's about to file. So why don't you continue on with that? Well, yeah, thank you. Not not to get caught in the legal minutiae, but basically it just says this, and it builds on what Senator Clinton did last week. And then there have now been literally, Carol, thousands of articles around the globe on this initiative by Senator Clinton, which not only asked the Federal Trade Commission to look at whether or not the game, whether or not the game rating system is working, it's not, but also she's called on Congress and she's going to propose a bill to criminalize, just as Illinois did today, the sale of uh, uh, hyperviolent and sexually charged video games to minors. Uh, you know, it's very unfortunate. Just as a little aside here, yeah. I have to mention. That yes, um, they, you know, it, it's true that certainly these games have an impact as, uh, do other media on children. But, you know, it also, and, and yes, it's easier to regulate the sale of something to children, but it's really unfortunate, and I'm not calling for a ban per se necessarily. I mean, I think right. the government shouldn't, shouldn't step in and, and be able to totally ban things. On the other hand, um, it is so out of control that um, that these products are being sold to adults as well. I mean, it's not just these. I don't want to give the impression to people that that these games or that movies or television shows that are violent um, are bad only for children. It's for adults too. Research has shown, perhaps not the uh, brain studies yet, but research has shown that um, all of these things affect children and adults. Well, of course, and uh, I've, I've been. I've tried to be realistic in that my assessment has been that a good starting point, and it may be the final point, of keeping this stuff out of the hands of kids for a number of reasons. One, if they if these games uh, can't be legislated against as to kids, 
and we can't kid ourselves into thinking that they're going to be banned for adults. Yes. So, number one. Number two, if you don't get kids addicted on this stuff, and I mean, when I say addicted, yes. I mean that, yes. uh, then they aren't going to grow up to be whacked out 20-somethings who are playing these games. But what we got now is kids starting at the age of 10 playing this stuff, and, of course, by the time they get into their 20s, they're going to be consuming all sorts of ridiculous stuff. We're, we've We've had video games now that are basically the equivalent of stuff films, like Manhunt, yeah. which you stalk your prey and suffocate people with plastic bags. Isn't that lovely? So I agree with you. Uh, I think what is going to happen practically, though, I've predicted, and I hope it doesn't happen, but I think it will, we're going to probably have a cataclysmic Columbine-type event times 10 in which what was planned to be Columbine actually happens. Klebold and Harris meant to pancake uh, the Columbine High School and kill hundreds of people with detonators and, and explosive devices that, that never went off. Now, if that happens, with the video game industry for nearly eight years saying, well, you know, we can't keep this out of the hands of kids and so forth, then, then Congress is going to come in and say, you know what, we think you're right, and we're going to ban the games altogether because you've got to be concerned not just about kids and the neurobiological at-risk uh, status that they have by virtue of where the games are processed, but since you say you can't keep this out of the hands of kids if they, you sell it to adults, then fine. We're not going to let anybody buy it because uh, we're going to ban them across the board. They're nothing but simulators, and you guys are going to be responsible for the killing and the gutting of the video game industry altogether. Now, that's going to be more likely if, A, that event happens, and, B, you've got an industry that has shown no responsibility even when it comes to other people's children, and therefore they've painted a bullseye on their back for that type of draconian governmental regulation because of of, uh, of their inability to draw distinctions between 10-year-olds and 25-year-olds. Well, yes, I agree with you. And I, I just want to say, though, that, um, and, and yes, that probably will happen in actual Columbine. But, you know, really, we're, we're being assaulted today and have been assaulted um, literally by the impact of this in, in terrorism, the ultimate impact of um, violent media being sold around the world. So, you know, a, a Columbine, you know, an a pancaked Columbine, a more serious Columbine, would of course be devastating. But I mean, I think we should. There's a wake-up call um, right now that should be happening to get people to stop producing these things. Well, I, I agree. And uh, uh, you know, people say to me, "Well, you know, aren't you for responsibility? Don't you think a kid is responsible for what he does if he goes into a police station and kills three cops or uh, uh, blows up a high school or whatever?" And I say, "Of course." But but you know what? Adults are responsible, too. Adults who, knowing this copycat phenomenon, who are marketing and selling adult-rated games to children, are should be held accountable for that lack of responsibility. After yeah. Columbine, the video game industry said, well, we promise to stop marketing these killing games on TV shows that kids are likely to see. Three months ago, my son's doing his homework at the kitchen table while Dad's fixing dinner. And we look up, and on ESPN Sports Center at mm -hmm. 6 o'clock is an ad for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. So they have lied. They said they wouldn't do it. They're doing it. They know that kids are buying these things, that they're flying off the shelves. And so I think it's time to hold accountable the adults who are, who are sowing the seeds of this whirlwind, yes, which absolutely. we are now reaping. Absolutely. And in the little time that we have left, yeah. why don't you sort of um, 
conclude with what what you are doing with this lawsuit? Well, we're just going to sue uh, major retailers, Best Buy, Target, um, uh, Walmart, uh, GameStop, and Circuit City here in Florida because in Florida, a private individual such as myself can enjoin the distribution of sexually explicit material to minors, which now Senator Clinton has highlighted. The, the, they know that this stuff is on the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas game, so we're simply saying to the court, okay, stop them from doing it. They know it's on there. Just stop them. And if we win that suit, we're not seeking money damages. We're just doing it because it's a, the right thing to do. Then I think you'll see this stuff pulled off store shelves across the country, uh, and that would be a good thing. You know, I actually think you should seek money damages for two reasons. Number one, that's all these people understand. And number two, it would help to set up some kind of a center to um, fund more research well, into let, this. We have a lawsuit in Alabama where we're seeking lots and lots of money. <laughs> Unfortunately, or fortunately, under the Florida statute in an injunctive remedy situation, you can't get money damages. But what, but what we have done is pledged to should we succeed in one of these cases, uh, and we're in the early stages of this type of litigation, but eventually, you know, the tobacco litigation right. was successful too. Right. We have pledged to set up a fund for victims, uh, particularly for law enforcement officers' families, because the Grand Theft Auto games are all cop-killing games. The primary target in the games are law enforcement officials whom you draw to the scene of your virtual crime by killing innocent people, and then when the cops get there, you mow them down. So um, I have great respect for those men and women who put their lives on the line every day to keep us safe, and now we have an entire industry whose most popular game targets them for killing. Chuck Schumer, U.S. Senator from New York, the other, the senior senator from New York, four weeks ago had a news conference about a game coming out this October called 25 to Life, which is a pure cop-killing game. All you do is blow away cops. And he's upset about it. In October, Take-Two is coming out with a game, Carol, called Bully, in which what you do is, as a kid in a school, you kill your classmates and your teachers uh, to settle scores and even uh, uh, the ledger against them. And the, and the slogan for the game on the, on the school entrance in this virtual school is Conum, or Conus Conum Edit, which is Latin for dog-eat-dog. So here we've gone in six years from the tragedy of Columbine where Klebold and Harris trained on the game Doom to kill to this industry now coughing up a game called Bully in which you can, in the store version of the game, train to kill your classmates. It's nuts. Yes, it's, uh, you know, and it's not just for the government, but I think um, it's for all of you people listening to do something about this, to write to people in your government, to write to the companies, certainly to not buy any of these things and to spread the word around um, to other people that how dangerous these games are. Can I, can I say one more thing? Do we have sure. time real quick? Yeah. One of the most famous poems in the English language by Jean, John Donne, For Whom the Bell Tolls, mm -hmm. the final line of which is, Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Yes. The, point, the point being in this setting is this. You can do everything right in raising your child, you can keep him or her off these killing simulation games. But when uh, what we learned in Paducah when the three girls were shot and killed by 14-year-old Michael Carneal, those yeah. parents of those girls did nothing wrong, but they got in harm's way when a video gamer killed their daughters. Yeah, that's and right. that's so anybody who cares about kids is at risk. Yes. So... Um... 
This is a time when I think now, because of the spread of terrorism, the threat of terrorism, the fact that this world is erupting in violence, something that both Jack Thompson and I predicted years ago um, in regard to media violence, it's happening, and it's getting harder and harder to stem the tide. The more these games circulate around the world, the more violent the world is going to become. So, yes, it starts with you uh, to do whatever it is that you can do to prevent this. So thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jill. My perennial favorite <laughs> guest. <laughs> Always something interesting to fight. I guess it's because, uh, you know, I guess I... I uh, I enjoy feeling, enjoy talking to someone who, like myself, is uh, a Don Quixote tilting at windmills. There aren't many of us. <laughs> well, I, uh, but the world is uh, understanding we do have a problem, and that's encouraging. Yes, absolutely. At least people are more aware of it than they were before, Columbine, and hopefully they will become even more aware at this point. My guest again, Jack Thompson, Miami attorney, uh, fighting against video game violence and sex. The show today has been called Sex, Lies, and Video Games, appropriately enough. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.